We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, first, from Anthony, thank you for the super chat, Anthony. He says, thanks for the show, and we appreciate you throwing that in there. No question from you. Yeah, appreciate that. Somebody asked about kind of if my intel jives with other – I don't talk to other people. I don't listen to other people. I don't know what other people are reporting about what Justin Scott's doing. I'm telling you what – I'm hearing and then giving my opinion on that. So I don't know if it jives with what other people are saying. I'm telling you what, uh, where I'm on on that. So, all right. Oh, Brian, though, again, Garen, thanks for the super chat. Yes. Brian, what does LT's ideal, what is, what is his ideal playing weight? Logan. Thomas. So I like how he says that LT. I always, whenever you recruit a pass rusher who's, you know, you got the initials LT, LT right? anyone our age, Sean's going to be like, ooh, okay. And I, uh-huh. I like that Garen did that as well. It's hard to say. I mean, he's 6'10", 215 right now. I'd probably say you want to get him around 245, 250 is probably about where you're going to want to get him. Some guys can play with light, lesser weight. Obviously, Julian Aguara was one of those. I mean, there were times when Julian would get under 240, and you know, but he's still strong. I think the thing I like about Logan Thomas, Sean, he's got really strong hands. He's got good natural power. So you, you, there's maybe hope that he won't need to be 250 before he's ready to play. Maybe if he gets up to 230. Uh, 225, 230, he'll be able to at least give you some pass rush ability. And then as he gets even stronger and matures physically, then he'll be able to give you more every down ability. But I think eventually you're going to want to get him up to at least 245, 250 uh, to be an every down player. And I think that, you know, like Justin Tuck was not a huge guy when he was at Notre Dame. He he got thicker in the NFL. He was was a little on the lighter side, and obviously that worked out for him as a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, it's just – you you've look weight to me. I know I know we all kind of have this thing of of hey look you got to get to X amount of pounds or whatever. The reality is is what can you play at, Sean? We've seen guys that are two hundred and sixty five pound defensive ends who don't have much punch. Look, it's same thing like boxing. You know, I don't know how much boxing you watch, Sean, but you'll see guys who are really big that are just knockout not knockout hitters. They just don't have real heavy hands. And then you see undersized guys like Mike Tyson, who had probably the heaviest hands I've ever seen. It was mm-hmm. the, you know, between the power and the speed. 
You see that at lower weights too. You'll see some guys that are just the same weight. One guy's a knockout guy and the other guy's just a fast technician. And and everybody's different. So some guys that could at 250 could play. Jonathan Vilma is a great example of linebacker. I mean, Jonathan Vilma was a 225 middle line, pound middle linebacker. Uh, most people, 99% of people can't can't be that physical and dominant as a 225 pound middle linebacker, even in the early 2000s. But it just depends on what your power is. And I think that's something why when we do film breakdowns, we focus a lot on the punch, the power, the the natural lower body strength, because the weight and stuff will come. But if, if you're a guy that lacks that now, you're not automatically going to become a, a heavy hitter just because you spend time in Matt Bayless' strength program. He's mm-hmm. going to get you stronger, certainly. He's going to put some weight on you, certainly. But you're not going to go from a kid who can't bench the bar to benching 500 pounds just because you're in Matt Bayless' strength program. There's got to be yeah. something natural there that there's to work with. And that's something that I like about about Logan Sean is he does have some natural pop, some natural punch. When he hits guys, they go backwards, they go down. He has really strong, heavy hands that you say, well, once the other stuff comes, the weight comes, the weight room strength comes, you say, this guy's got a chance to have a really impressive power profile for a weak side defensive end. Yep. A lot of explosiveness in all of his movements. Absolutely. Yep, Absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, uh, Bally Bread, what will the cheapest home? What will be the cheapest home game this year? Tennessee State, Central Michigan, trying to go to a game that won't cost an arm and a leg. 
I would say Central Michigan would probably be it. The, another one w- w- might be Wake Forest. You know how it is, Sean, and uh, you and I have been going to a lot of Notre games over the years. You get into these November games where it's really cold, True. and all of a sudden, a couple days before the game, a lot of tickets become available. Yeah. So, you know, that's always the case too. But uh, of the the reason I don't say Tennessee State is because I think there's going to be uh, there's two aspects to why I think Tennessee State's going to be a I don't say expensive ticket. I don't know if it'll be expensive, but why it won't be cheaper is number one. There's the the very unique aspect of the HBCU historically black college and university aspect of it, which is a very I mean that's an angle that Notre Dame's pushing, and it's first time I've ever played one. There's the potential for there being a band, you know, their band playing at halftime or before the game to be really cool. Then the other part too, Sean, that's important is it's the first home game. And the exactly. first home game always kind of tends to have a little bit of that excitement to it. And and so, I mean, a lot of fans are going to be able to fly to Ireland, where if the game was like at Navy in Baltimore, there'd be a lot of Notre Dame fans going. It you know may not be as easy to do that when the game's in Ireland. So this will be a game where I could see a lot of folks when it when it get you know, it's not going to be like a game where you're just giving tickets away and hoping people come like may be the case for Central Michigan. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, who's going to come to this game? And I agree with like Central Michigan came to mind right away. I do wonder just because of proximity, if there will be a lot of Central Michigan people who try to make their way here as well. I, I would, I, I think that the other two that you mentioned, Central Michigan or Wake Forest, it's going to be one of those two that would be the mm-hmm. easiest, I would think. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, some beef eater. Beef eater. If you could put a questionnaire together, to try to figure out which recruits are using an offer from Notre Dame as a marketing tool to get an NIL deal from another school, what would you ask? My goodness. You know, I don't I don't know, Beef Eater, that, that it would be a questionnaire type of thing. It would be I would want to I would want to get them to do things. Hey, let's find like uh, there's been some former Notre Dame coaches that were this way, and, and I think some of the current coaches are this way too, is if a kid wasn't willing to come up on his own dime, that was that meant something to them. Now you got to do your homework because there are some kids who literally cannot afford to come up on their own dimes. Right. And you say, okay, well, did he ask his coach to bring them? No, he didn't. Well, then maybe the kid's not serious, but there's some kids like, Hey, look, uh, I talked to my coach. I talked to my uncle. I talked to so-and-so and they can't make it work, but man, I really want to come. And you understand the family situation. You know where the kid is from, you know, what his, his mom works three jobs and they can, they're barely putting food on the table. You, you'll look at that differently than a kid who, you know, a lot of other kids who are like, dude, you're going everywhere else. I can't afford to come up there. Dude, you flew from Georgia to Texas. You flew from, you went to <laughs> USC, you went to Oregon. That's you right. can't come see us. Right. Right. It's like, uh, an example is is Jalen uh, McLean. Now, Jalen's going to supposedly take an official visit in June. I'm in the sort of I'll believe it when he shows up kind of mode. But like the kid went to Penn State. He's from New Jersey. He went to Penn State. He went to Oregon. He went to these other places, but he never made time to come to Notre Dame. That tells me, okay, he's not as serious about Notre Dame as he had verbally told us he was early on. So it's fine. I don't, I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying those are the things you do is – it's not so much what a kid can say, because especially nowadays, Sean, kids are savvy. They know what to say. They know the right things to say. Mm-hmm. It's more about getting them to do things with action that backs that up. And that's kind of how I how I look at it and say, I don't care what question he would answer. He could be the smartest BSer in the world, 
right? I mean, you know it. You can talk to coaches and ask them things, and, man, they give you this really long answer, and you're like, man, that sounded really good, but you and I know because of the intel we have. That was total bull crap. Right. But it sounded super convincing, and if you didn't have the intel we had, you'd say, wow, okay, that's that's great. Uh, kids are, you know, kids can do that stuff too. So it's more about getting them to back it up with actions. And if you can get a kid to come on his own dime, that tell like Logan Thomas, for example, say, well, look, Justin Scott can't make time to come visit Notre Dame. For, you know, he was here March 25th, the same weekend Logan Thomas was, but he can't, he can't make it to Notre Dame after that. He went to Ohio state. He went to Georgia. He went to Miami, he went to Michigan, he went to all these places. He didn't make it to Notre Dame. It was an hour and a half away. Logan Thomas is from Katy, Texas. That's like Southern Texas. Mm-hmm. And he's been to Notre Dame twice since the beginning of March. And he's going to come back again for an official visit. That's how you know a kid is very interested. And so if a kid's not willing to, you know, has all the excuses for for the, hey, look, man, let's let's do this. Let's do that. How about you come here? How about you do that? And the kid's always got some reason why he can't come. That's that's telling me, okay, no matter what he's saying to all my questions, I might be asking him about how much he loves us and he's interested in all that. Where every time I push him to visit, there's always some excuse. Now, if a kid's not visiting anywhere, you buy that excuse, right? right. Like Gearby Lambert, for example, is supposed to come for the Blue Gold game, ended up not working out. So, uh, you know, is, is he really interested in their name? I'm like, where else did Gearby Lambert visit? He visited Boston College. He's from Boston. He didn't visit anywhere else. So you buy the whole he's not able to make it thing because he didn't make mm-hmm. it anywhere. Yeah. And so there are always exceptions to that. But when a kid's going down to Miami and Georgia and everywhere else, but he can't come see you, and it's like, okay, we're clearly not as high on this list as we thought we were at that point in time. Yeah. So good Great questions. Yeah, yeah, very good questions. Jason wants to know, he says he likes Sevillano and thinks he is a more athletic Kurt Heinish. Is Donovan Heinish a three technique or a nose? I'll say this, Jason. First of all, I hope you're right. I don't see that. I hope you're right about Seviano because I, I just don't see it. Uh, regarding Donovan Heinish, right now, Sean, I don't know that I have the answer to that. I've seen him line up at both so far, and, and I don't think we'll know for sure where he's going to be until he gets a little further up the depth chart. But, I mean, there's a little bit of interchangeableness to it. But part of that, too, Sean, is going to factor into – okay, are they truly making a move to a, a different type of nose? Or is it just, we don't have this body type. We'd like this body type in our rotation. Our nose doesn't have to be a shorter, stockier, 300-pounder that can dump two, two gap. But we'd like to have the possibility of putting a guy like that on the field. It, you know what I mean? To where it's not all the Onyes and the Crosses and the Heinishes. We'd also like to be able to have some guys that can help us out goal line. Some guys can help us out against heavy run teams, some short yardage guys, some guys can give us a beef. We'd like to have that as well. Then, then I think Donovan can play both. If this is a transition to a different type of nose, then you're going to see Donovan be more of a three technique. So I think part of it just depends on, on what's the emphasis going to be on the defense. Cause I think Donovan can do both depending on how you use them. Just like Onye, just like Cross. I mean, Howard Cross can play both. You know, he plays nose and three technique. So if he can do that, then then certainly uh, Donovan can do the same thing. Because Donovan, to me, is, is a more athletic version of Kurt. That, that, that's, now, that's where I would say it. Right. Certainly, he's a more right. athletic version of Kurt. No doubt about it. Right. So from Eric, Logan said uh, this in who he's going to recruit. I'm getting at Justin Scott tonight. Tonight. There will be others for sure, but as of now. Just Justin Scott. 
Well, it's interesting. Him and Justin Scott have actually met each other. They were both at Notre Dame on that March 25th weekend when Logan came up for a couple days. Now, Justin was just on Scott for uh, on campus for one day, but Logan was on campus for like two to three days around that time, Sean. And that's when he obviously bolted up Notre Dame's list and Notre Dame bolted up his list. So uh, they they follow each other. I do know that they they have they have some sort of contact. There is some sort of relationship. I don't know. I don't say relationship. There's they know each other. They've met. They they've talked. They hung yeah. out right during the visit. So how will that move the needle? Hope so. Look, I want to say something real quick to y'all. I'm not high on Notre Dame's chances with Justin Scott right now. I hope a I'm wrong or b it changes because Justin Scott is a stud. Like he is a musket. My opinion of Justin Scott as a player, as a young man, as a fit at Notre Dame, none of that has changed. I think he's a great fit for Notre Dame. I think he he would fit in very well as a football player, as a student. All those things are are still true. I just don't think he sees that right now as much as as maybe he did before. So if if something like this could be a thing that that sways him back towards Notre Dame, phenomenal. Because I definitely still want him in this class. And I think sometimes when you when you are giving your opinion about how you don't think you're going to get them, it can maybe cause some people to take it as like a, well, you know, it's a negative thing about him. It's, it's not. It's just think right now other things are more attractive to him. There was a time last April, March, where Christian Gray was, Notre Dame had fallen to third for him. LSU and Ohio State had surpassed Notre Dame. They were his early leader. He wanted to keep. He wanted to explore other options. Fell in love with Ohio State. Fell in love with LSU, to the point where Notre Dame was a distant third. But when I talked to to people, you know, around the program that were close to that recruitment, it was always, he's a Notre Dame kid. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and eventually, guess where Christian Gray ends up? Notre Dame. My hope is that Justin Scott is like that as well. Even if he commits to Miami, if this staff is who we think they are, Sean, they're not going to quit. Like why? You've got your numbers. Why? Why? Why quit on that kid? Stay on him, and continue to remind him why you view him as a, a you know as such an important player. I hope that's what they happen. I'm just saying, if I had to make a decision right now, and I had to tell you right now where he's going and where Notre Dame ranks, I would say at best right now, I would say I'd be say that I think Notre Dame's third right now. I think Miami and Michigan right now are ahead of Notre Dame. But we've seen plenty of kids, Sean, that Notre Dame was third or fourth for early on that when it came signing day, they were number one for. And we've seen kids that Notre Dame was number one for for a year. And then then they sign with or commit to two different schools in a 24-hour period, and neither of them are Notre Dame, right? I'm obviously talking about Logan or Peyton Bowen, who was committed to Notre Dame right. for almost a full year, committed on January 1st, and then late December is committed to Notre Dame, tells them that he's going to sign next day commits to Oregon and then doesn't sign. And then the next day signs with Oklahoma up to Oklahoma. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. It matters where you are when the, when the players are signed on the dotted line. And that's why my hope is that Notre Dame, even if Justin Scott picks somewhere else says, Hey, so what that's now, now you're the top target. Cause here's the thing, Sean, they've been the top dog that everybody's been tearing down from day one. Uh Now it's Miami. And so, you know, now you can kind of say, hey, now we're the under the radar team that everybody's discounting now. It's it's interesting. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say. It'd be nice to see, you know, with all this dramatics that have gone against Notre Dame, it seems like the last couple of years to maybe, maybe, maybe one in the long run, you still got to play the long game a little bit. Maybe it'll come back to you. Yeah, eventually. have to. 
Yeah. And that's where I think this staff has a chance to prove themselves in my opinion is to is, is from the standpoint of the previous staff, when they would fade on guys like this, they would just give up and move on to somebody else. This staff is like, okay, that's the guy we want. We're not, we're not moving on. We're going to stay on him. I don't care if he likes Miami more like Christian gray, the previous staff would have given up on him and moved on mm-hmm. to somebody else. But this right. staff said, huh? Uh-uh, nope, we're going to stay on him because that that's the kind of guy we can go beat Ohio State with. That's the kind of guy we can go beat Alabama with. That's the kind of guy we're going to beat Georgia with. You don't stop recruiting guys like that. And at the end of the day, it paid off for him. And yeah. hopefully it does the same with Justin Scott. Because as we saw, I don't care if you – hey, Notre Dame got a five-star defensive lineman to commit very early. And everybody else said, well, we're not going to stop recruiting him. And he didn't sign with Notre Dame, signed with right. Alabama. Right. So now you got to become that that program and not give up on kids. That's what I'm hoping that they do. We'll see. But I'd be shocked if they, even if he does commit to Miami, I'll be shocked if Notre Dame doesn't stay on him, Sean. Shocked. Okay. I just don't. I don't see that happening. Good. We'll see. Maybe that's just me <laughs> wishful thinking. But I it just they just don't. That's say what you want about the staff. That's just not. I, they just don't strike me as that kind of group, in my opinion. So George wants to know one question. If the ratings drop when a kid commits to Notre Dame, why do kids think it helps their NIL value? I, I what? Ratings committing to Notre Dame? I don't I don't understand what you're referring to. If you're talking about co- committing to Notre Dame and and people that care about NIL, like companies, they don't give a rip about what rankings are. If a kid's committed to Notre Dame or Ohio State or USC, I don't care what his ranking is. They're going to look at what? They're going to look at his followers. They're going to look at his social media impact. They're going to look at the school he's going to. Those are the things that matter. So I, I don't I don't think that stuff – I don't think – like yeah, on the collectives, a, you know, collectives from another school, they don't – you know, it doesn't matter to them. No, the, the coaches are going to say, hey, this is a kid we want. And they're like, well, we're, but we're not going to go after him and give him money because he's a three-star. No, this is a kid that the Notre Dame coaching staff wants or the Ohio State coaching staff wants or the Georgia coaching, coaching staff wants, and we're going to do what we got to do to go get him. So I, I, I just don't think that matters a ton. I, I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think that to me matters a ton. From Brandon, is there any other interior players on the radar outside of Seviano? I don't understand why the staff is zeroed in on him, especially with Dixon in the 25 class. Well, I mean, you, you don't just want one nose, right? In four years, you want to keep recruiting noses. Davion's the nose in the 25 class. They're looking for one in this class. And they decided that this kid's a better nose than than Owen Wafel. I don't agree with it. I don't, Brandon, I don't think you you do either. But there's no, there's really nobody else on the board. I mean, it's it's him. And and I think right now they're in a good position for him. But he's the board. I mean, you got three ends, they're gonna take one more guy, and then after that, it's pushing for the studs. So, um, I, I mean, I, I know what you're looking for. There's, there's not some secret plan to get Benedict Ume, who I don't, I'm not very high on either, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I would actually take Seviano before I take Benedict Ume, because at least Seviano is a nose. But I just think it's a thing where they're just, they want to get a couple. Because, like, what if Davion Dixon gets hurt or doesn't pan out or flips or something like that? And then all of a sudden, you know, well, we passed on this kid because we had a kid in the next year's class. No, it's like you don't pass on a 25 quarterback because you have C.J. Carr. You take another quarterback next year, right? Same thing with nose tackles and, and other positions. I, I think that's what it boils down to. I think, look, they like the kid. They they think he's a very good football player. They don't have the same opinion that I have of Sean Savignano. So I think what we can all agree on for sure in this chat tonight is that we all hope 
that the Notre Dame coaching staff is right on the evaluation of Sean Saviano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, whenever I don't think highly of a player, I always hope I'm wrong. And I really hope I'm wrong on this one, to be completely, completely honest with you. And I, and I, hopefully Brandon hopes that he's wrong too. But uh, Brandon, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it is what it is. So hopefully they're right. And look, he's got Ohio State offer, Florida State. I mean, it's not like he's you're beating out Florida Atlantic and Florida International for this kid. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, so you just hope that they see something that maybe we don't. Maybe they saw some spring film that we haven't had access to where the kid's bigger or quicker or more athletic. I mean, we've seen that before because I tell you right now, I did not like Owen Wafel commitment when he was a sophomore. When when he committed before because he committed last May, Sean. And so all we had was sophomore film on him. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I I just I I didn't get it. Well, then you see the junior film, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, now I get it. Hopefully that's what they've seen because they they've been down there. They've seen the practices. They've seen the film of what he's did this spring. Maybe the coaching staff has access to film that we don't have in fairness. And so I may not love the film and I may not may, it may not make sense to me, but maybe it's one of those deals where it's like, if I saw the film they had of what he's done this spring, maybe he's gotten better. He's still a kid that's pretty new to football too, Sean. He's not a native American. He's not an. He's not a. You know what I'm saying. He's not a native of the United not States of America. From the, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and so maybe maybe he's got a big jump to make. I I don't know the answer to that. And but I'm at least being willing. And I and I hope all of us can be this way. At least open minded enough to say there's clearly something that they see. This is a move that I think Al Washington wants to make, and it's a move that Al that Marcus Freeman has backed. I don't think they do that if it's like, no, that kid can't play. So they clearly see something that we don't. I'm at least willing to say, let's wait until the fall and see what this kid's doing as a senior. And then I'll say, okay, I've changed my opinion. Like Ben Minich is one that I came around on as a senior. I didn't love the junior film, but I was like, hey, I'll give them a, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what the kid does as a senior. And as a senior, he was a heck of a football player. And all of a sudden that commitment was a lot better. You know, hopefully this is one as well. We'll just have to see. But based on what I know, I have some of the questions that other people have. But yeah. um, the Notre Dame staff is sold on this one, Sean. I mean, it's sold to the point where they're basically willing to drop Owen Wafel from the class. Yeah. So this I mean, isn't that's... a situation. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to say that's that's a big, big commitment on their part. Right. It's not a deal where they're like, well, we don't have anybody else. So let's just take this kid because we mm-hmm. need a nose. They're willing to kick a kid out of the class that's been in the class a year, basically, if it would have come to that, to get this kid. That's not happening because one coach likes this kid. That's happening because right. everybody's on board with that decision. We may not agree with it. I don't agree with it. But I'm at least willing to say, hey, look, let's um, let's at least let it play out a little bit and and give them benefit of the doubt. We can be critical of it and give our opinion now, but at least be open-minded enough to see if the – the fact, because I mean, it's not the fact should always change our opinion, right, Sean? I mean, you can have whatever view of political stuff or history or football, but if the data changes, you need to be willing to be open minded enough to say, hey, look, this is what I felt, but now after seeing this, I'm on board, right? And hopefully, the, the Nurem coaching staff is right on that one. That's sure. that's what I'm hoping happens. So we'll find out soon enough, though, right? Football season's getting closer and closer every day. It's coming, baby. Yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> Here's an interesting one, Sean. So Katie wants to know, do you think Freeman's no visits while committed policy is off-putting to recruits? Do you see him changing that stance in the future? I hope not. I, I, I really I hope like not. It. I do, too. 
Because what remember that question earlier from Beef Eater? What's the one question that you could ask a kid to find out if he's really serious about you? Here's one. If a kid's going to commit, you say, hey, are you going to take visits? Well, I, you know, well, look, if you're serious about committing, you're committing to also not taking visits. And so you find out because I would much rather know now that this kid is not just committing to hold a spot until something better comes along. Right. Or is he, you know, or, or, Hey, I like you now, but I, you know, I'm going to check out through other schools and, you know, you know, because like, if you're really serious and you love us and this is the fit, why do you need to go anywhere else? Now you can't control what kids do down the road, but that's not, so there's been two kids. Well, Peyton Pierce was one Peyton Pierce gave them their name a silent commitment, but they were like, you're not going to go public with it until you're done taking visits. Cause he wanted to take more visits and they're well, like, you can't commit to us if you're gonna take more visits. And I'm, and that was even on officials. So I, I support the move. And look what happened. That kid ends up at Ohio State. That's the one thing of the Brent Venable stuff that I was talking about earlier, the article that I read where he did the cute, you know, like the guy, the, re, the reporter was like grilling him on all these different points about why he believed in essentially the same thing that Marcus Freeman believes in. If you commit, there are no more visits. And if you take other visits, that means you're not committed. Right. So, you know, you're, you're getting booted. And what, one of the things that that Venable said was like, if kids wanted to commit too early, he would tell them, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Think about this because once you're committed, you're committed. And again, we're moving on from you. If you decide you're going to go out and, and visit other schools. So I've, I've got no problem with having a policy like that. I, I, you know, it makes sure that they're actually as committed as they're saying they're committed. The other part of it too is they're consistent both ways, and right? This and is that's, where I respect the Notre Dame that, staff more than where, the BS. I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with everything that no, Venable's no. saying. I'm just saying on that that, that yeah, point. I didn't I didn't take it that way. I, I, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm just adding to the conversation of right. where I where I like this staff too is they're consi- like they won't let a kid committed somewhere else visit officially. Now they'll let a, a committed kid visit unofficially, but we saw this with that cornerback from Texas last year that was committed to Texas Tech. He wanted to come and he wanted to stay in Texas Tech until he knew where he was going to go. And they were like, no, if you're serious about us, if you're serious about this, you're not going to, you know, we're not going to let, we wouldn't let you do that to us. We're not going to let you do that to them. If you want to be here and you want to visit, you got to pay. We saw this with uh, Caleb Smith last year. He wanted to stay committed to Texas Tech until he came to Notre Dame and and really was sold. And then he would flip. They're like, no, if you, if you're serious about coming here, then you got to decommit from Texas Tech first. Otherwise you're coming on an unofficial. And so he ended up decommitting and it was made into an official visit. So at least there's consistency, Katie. And that's something that I like is they're not going to say hey, our commits can't visit anywhere else officially, but we'll let somebody else's committed players come here, visit yeah. officially. They're, they've the biggest, got a that's no. That's the biggest part of the BS that Venable Right. About. He, exactly. He only, he only sees it as a one-way street. Exactly. For Marcus Freeman, it's like, you if you if hey, you can come visit here officially, but that's only if you decommit because we're going to hold you to the same standard we hold our commits to. And it goes back to what the the earlier beef eater question is, is how, how can you truly know if a kid is serious about your program? That's exactly how. If, an, if a kid committed somewhere else is not willing to decommit to come visit you, then guess what? He's not really that serious about flipping to you at that time. Right. And if, because if he is willing to do that, then you know that this kid's going to leave that class and, and we know we can be a major player for him. So to me, it's about whatever rule you have, have a, have a reason why you have it. Don't just have it arbitrarily to, to, to say you, cause you know how it is, Sean. It's, it's, it's the way in basketball, baseball, football, 
there's coaches will implement these rules just kind of just cause because I'm trying to create my culture and there's like no mm-hmm. re- it's like why do you have that rule? There's like no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't make your team better. It doesn't bring you together. This is one of those things where they have a very specific reason for it, and it's consistent. Because I also hate that too. Is you know I, we got this rule, but you know, well you let that kid visit you when he was committed. What do you expect was going to happen? But you're not going to let your kids do it. That seems like BS. Right. So I do love the fact that this staff is very consistent with this rule and it goes in both ways. And that tells me a lot about, you know, about where they view on this. So, and here's the other thing too, Katie, is if a kid finds that off putting, that tells you a lot about where you need to be because a lot of kids, if they find that off putting, it's because they want to play the game. Yeah. And Notre Dame is saying, you can take all the visits in the world that you want. We're not going to stop recruiting you because you want to take visits. We love you. You're our top guy. This is the conversation they had with Justin Scott back in January, you know, when, when he was on the verge of committing. He wanted to commit and still take visits. And they said, no, take your visits. I would much rather that happen than he mm-hmm. commit to you in January and then flip and then down be, the road to somewhere else. Going. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Keon Keeley. Exactly. Yep. So it's a really, it's a great way for you to know. And they're upfront with kids from the very beginning. They've told kids don't commit because you're going to do this. And so there's a level of consistency there where you're going to know where you stand, Katie, by how a kid reacts to this rule. And if a kid is put off by that rule, then that tells you everything you know about this kid's thought process of what the word commitment means and what how he wants to let the recruiting process play out. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying kids are bad for feeling that way. I'm just saying you now know for a fact where that kid feels and how that kid feels about that situation. doesn't mean they, I mean, there's no binding contract. They can just do it anyway down the road, but Notre Dame has said, yeah, you can do that. But the moment you do that, you're out of the class. And now some of these kids, they still recruited others. They did not. And in this instance, they decided, you know, we're, we're not going to do it. I, I want to respond to something else too, Sean. Okay. Uh, a comment from Mark Stewart uh, that that I'm sure other people are having. Let me find it here real, mar- real quick, Mark. Uh, Mark says, if the kid asked to take a visit to Michigan, should we keep saying we kicked him out of the class on Wayful? Yes, they should because th- Notre Dame was given sort of an out when he went to them. What we don't know is were they – not recruiting him hard and he knew that they didn't want him anymore and that's why he did it and that was their out the fact of the matter is is my sources have been very adamant he was not going to be in the class regardless of any interest in michigan visit this just gave notre dame sort of the out so if we're going to be honest and fair about it then yeah we need to be able to say they nudged him out of the class and and so um we can have a semantic argument of well actually he said he wanted to visit Michigan and that's why they took, okay, sure. I guess if you want to spin it in some like Notre Dame never does anything wrong type of way. And Mark, I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying like in generally, in generally speaking, you can go that direction if you want, but if you're going to be honest about it, the, the reality is, is whether it was because of Michigan or something else, he was not going to be in this class and Notre Dame didn't want him in this class anymore as a, as a prospect. That's just the reality of it. And so, um, if if uh, me saying it this way is me being honest about the reality of the situation, it's not I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I mean, it is what it is. I don't agree with the decision. It is what it is. I'm moving on. It's not like oh, I've I no longer respect Marcus Freeman for this. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I don't agree with this decision. I think this is the wrong decision. I think this sets a bad precedent. But I 
you know, look, but they're also being honest with the kid that they don't think can play for them anymore. And right. So it's a sort of a double-edged sword. So you just you take a kid who you don't think can play for you anymore and, and not tell them, well, you know, it, it's not an easy answer. It's just, I'm just one of those, you gave your word. You expect these kids to honor their word. You should do the same. Right. You know, and uh, that's my beef with it, but they made a, a, a different decision. And, you know, I, I still think, 99.9% of the other things that Marcus Freeman has done, I think reflects very well on his character. So sure. like this one thing that I don't agree with is not something that's like, Oh, psh, screw it. This is bad, bad guy, not bad a, person. A breaker. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just not one of those things. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Mark has a follow-up super chat here um, that I want to get to here as well, Sean. If you get a commitment from Justin Scott and you use that momentum to get other top kids and Justin flips, but the other kids don't, isn't that a benefit from getting that commitment? Not really. No, I don't think so. I mean, because you could kind of look at at uh, what happened last year with Dante, right? Like Dante Moore had a lot in in um Keon Keeley as well. Keon recruited hard to Notre Dame. I mean, he played a big role in Drake Bowen committing to Notre Dame. So you could say, well, hey, wasn't it worth it? And I'm like, not really. Because now the perception of last year's class is not, oh, look how good Drake Bowen is and Jaden Osbury is and it's, look at this great still- receiving class and Jeremiah Love and Charles Jagasaw and and it's you lost Keon and Peyton mm-hmm. and Dante. That's still the the primary talking point that a lot of people have. I think perception has a big impact with young people. I mean, we all know this. It was that way, and 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 I'm not one of those old guys. Is like, well, when we were 17, we were mature and we were never influenced by things. That, no, yes, we were. It's just now we have the wisdom to say, okay, this is the reality of it, and and perception matters to to younger people, just like it did when we were young. And so for me, it, it does matter because now. If a kid only came here because of Justin Scott, now you run the risk of losing those kids if Justin Scott flips. That's the reality of it. Right. And they had to they had to fight to hold on to some kids last year after those that that wave of sort of decommitments. Now Dante's was more silent. He never committed publicly because he wanted to take visits. Keon was not early on not planning on taking visits because he wasn't a big time recruit at the time. And so uh, I just, I, to me, it, it's, it's not worth it because the perception is still bad. I mean, if, if the kids that committed Notre Dame that Dante influenced were committing only because Dante was here, Sean, they would have left. That's the reality of it. 
right. Dante helped them with the final decision, but they weren't only coming because of that. And if a kid doesn't want to come here just because Justin Scott's not here, then you're probably not going to get that guy anyway when it's all said and done. Even if he flips it means that this means that kid's more vulnerable to flipping in my opinion. So I, I get where you're coming from, Mark. I do. And I think there's, it's, it's worth a discussion. And I think somebody, Sean, I think it's possible to take a, a different opinion on this and I would respect it just for me personally. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, uh, it's worth. Is it a benefit? Maybe. Is it worth it? I'm not sure that it is just because it may end up hurting you next year. Cause now it's like you lose, you get Justin Scott and then you lose him. It's like, dude, you know, and that's second year in a row. You've done this. You guys aren't big time. I mean, I agree because of what you said, the, the impression still in the national, you know, that includes national impression. When you look at how signing day ended up panning out, wasn't, Hey, this is a really good class that Marcus Freeman put together. It's they lost these quote unquote elite guys and it's not as good as it could have been. You know, that's, that's still kind of the lingering after effect of it you know the bottom line is it's still a really good class but more people talk what what have more people talked about exactly what you said the fact that they lost those three guys they couldn't they couldn't keep the momentum going till the end i had somebody say this to me i don't know if it was on i can't remember if it was on facebook or if it was on twitter or one of the many places that i engage with people and they were like you know i i just um if somebody said maybe it's even in the chance said you know, they had to fight they had to fight like crazy to hold on to last year's class the perception being like they almost lost all these kids and i'm like no they had to fight to keep keon peyton bowen dylan edwards and like just uh jane lamar kind of it's like that's about it you know like there was a couple other kids that maybe you had to hold on to but this was my point Jeremiah Love never wavered. None of the receivers ever wavered. All the stuff right. about TCU, those were that was all BS rumors. Rico Flores never wavered. Braylon never wavered. Cooper Flanning got offered by Alabama after he committed. I mean, he never wavered. Uh, Don Schuler got offered by Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia after he committed. He never wavered. Ben Minich never wavered. Christian Gray never wavered. Micah Bell, whose brother plays at Georgia, got offered by Georgia after committing to Notre and he didn't waver. You could go down. Bubakar Traore never wavered. Devin Houston never wavered. Drake Bowen never wavered. Jaden Osbury never wavered. Preston Zinter never wavered. Charles Jagasol never wavered. Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton, Joe Odding. I mean, the vast majority of the class never wavered at all. Losses to Marshall, losses to Stanford. But the perception is, is that Notre Dame had to fight like crazy to hold their class together. No, they had to fight like crazy to hold like four or five guys in the class. Right. And exactly. some of them they ended up replacing. So it's just, to me, it's, it's, um, it, but, but what, why Sean, the perception because right. of those losses was that, boy, your class just got ripped apart. Right. And it just, in fact, was not necessarily, it wasn't really the case no. it just, it just wasn't. Keon's the only guy of that group that they didn't really replace that they wanted to replace. They replaced Dante with Kenny Minchie, and he's not as good as Dante, but they got another really good quarterback, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, I just – perception matters a lot more than I think we we wish it we wish it would, to be honest with you. Brian, I hate to uh, leave run. you early, but, yeah, but I've okay. got to check out. So I got a few more it. questions here I'll get to, Sean. Thank you for being with me right. this evening. Thank you. I got a couple, couple more that we'll get to here before we get out of here. Um, 
Let's get to uh, hear from Beef Eater. Beef Eater says, between ESPN on three, two, four, seven, and Boomer Sooner, who is the first one you put in the wood chipper? <laughs> um, I'd probably say Boomer Sooner would be first. Then I would go um, two, four, seven next, and then and then ESPN next, and then on three last. Here's the reason I say on three last. I think on three's rankings are terrible. Absolutely terrible. I, I think the business model that they have, with just the gimmicky stuff, the the clickbait stuff, I despise. But I will also say this about on three: they bring a lot of value to the market from a from a the way that their sites are. With the like, you can go to their uh, kids player page and see where he's ranked by all the services, all the visits he's taking. There's so much in data that you can get that that's a valuable service. You just got to kind of wade through all the other BS of what the rankings are and all that to get to it. But I, I think there's something good. I think there's some value in that. Whereas I don't know what value ESPN brings from a recruiting standpoint. Now they bring value. Okay. They produce games, but I don't even think their productions are that great anymore to where if ESPN went away, college football is still going to be on TV and it's probably going to be better production if it's on Fox and CBS to be completely honest with you. So you know, I, I, I'm, they don't even do like a lot of 30 for 30s anymore. Like all the stuff that I used to love about them besides their sports is all just stuff that's not even worth your time anymore. And so that's the unfortunate part of it. So they don't, I mean, they don't bring a lot of, I mean, even put them in before 247, to be honest with you. But 247 with how bad their rankings are, I, I see no value in that site anymore. Like I used to have a lot, I, I didn't necessarily care for them personally, uh, but I thought Barton Simmons was a guy that took great pride in put a good ranking out, put an accurate ranking out. And if we think a kid's better than everybody else does, and we're going to stick to it, we're going to stick to our guns. And I, there's a lot of value to that. Now it's just, it's just gotten so bad. It's just, it's hard to take them serious. And then they don't have the other cool stuff that on three has with their sites and with their, their player profiles where there's some value to it. So, I mean, that's why two, four, seven would be my second one in the, the chipper. If uh, if you were to, to answer your question, beef eater, and let's see this last one we got here from uh, Stephen Goodson it says, "I wonder if Wafel wasn't a hundred on Notre Dame and Thomas was, as we heard in his commitment. I mean, look, Wafel was a hundred for a long time, guys. He was committed over a year. This was not a situation where Owen Wafel was necessarily wavering. I think Notre Dame's view of him expedited his wavering process, right? So, however it happened." look, we've all kind of said our pieces on what we think of the process to get here. I've said it. I've made my opinion known. I think you all have your opinions on it one way or the other. It's all good. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. The facts are Notre Dame did not want him in the class anymore. They like other players better. It is what it is. We can agree, agree to disagree with them. Some of you can say, I support it. Totally fine. It is what it is. We all have our opinions. We're going to move on from it because the fact is he's not going to be in the class. And it's a loss, but it's not the same kind of loss as like Keon Keeley, not getting Jason Moore, you know, Peyton Bowen, those kind of guys. We're going to move on from it. And the focus is, I mean, again, this is what frustrates me with the whole thing is I've had, a, I feel like we've had a lot fewer questions about Logan Thomas tonight than we, we have Owen Wafel and, and Owen Wafel was the number two player in my defensive class behind Cole Mullins. He was, he was going to drop the number three behind Logan Thomas because Logan has to me just more natural tools. So I think that's the, that's the biggest takeaway for me tonight is they got a big time edge rusher from Texas. 
uh, a very talented player from Texas that that's going to bring a lot of value to this recruiting class that I'm excited about. And that's where I want the focus to be. We've said what we needed to say about Logan, Tom, about Owen Wafel. If you're not sure of my opinion, there's two long threads where I not only give the intel, but my opinion and argue with people and debate with people and all that. It's all known. Now that Logan Thomas is in the class, I'm ready to move forward and I'm ready to focus on, on who they got and, and where they are now. We can, we've set our piece. I'm not going to hammer it every other day. Oh, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. It is what it is. This is where they're at. And, you know, I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that we all hope that they're right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, there's been kids, their name has landed that I didn't agree with. Uh, they had some big misses at running back in the 2019 class. And I said, boy, this is, this is just not a good situation having all these losses and you're going to need this guy and you need that guy. And who's this Kyron Williams guy? I don't know if I see it with him. Well, come to find out, he turned out to be a heck of a football player. And I think that's what I kind of hope happens here with, uh, with you know, with the kids that they're adding to the class now. And if they're able to get Sean Saviano, I hope that they're right in their evaluation of them. But right now, what I do, who I do know is going to be in the class is Logan Thomas. And when you put him in a class with Owen, with um, uh, Cole Mullins and Bryce Young, I mean, look, we can have debates about all these other things. That's three really good football players at defensive end with a lot of upside. And you put them with last year's class, a lot of upside. There's some questions about the floor versus the ceilings. We can have that debate. But the fact is there's a lot of upside in this class. And so to me, uh, that's my biggest takeaway from tonight. My opinion is now well known about what I think about what happened to Owen Wafel. It is what it is. But I'm excited they got Logan Thomas. And if you told me you can only have one, you can only have Logan Thomas or Owen Wafel, I'm taking Logan Thomas because I think the upside is higher. And Unless the interior guy is just a star, just a Justin Scott type of guy, I'm always going to lean towards the the Viper. I'm always going to lean towards the pass rusher, in my opinion. That's just that's where I'm at. So I'm excited about it. I think that's the exciting piece about today. I think you're 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 looking at a situation where they needed to get some pass rushing potential. They got power players in last year's class, right? That right. I mean, I think we all agreed. Now, I think the debate about last year's class is what was the role Al Washington played. I don't think he played as big of a role as some people want to argue he did in getting that four-man class together. That's a different argument than, is this a talented four-man class? And the fact was, it was a talented four-man class. But what was the one, when we just evaluate for what it was, what was the one beef with last year's class? Who are they pass rushers? Who are the Vipers? Who are the edge rushers? When you look at Logan Thomas and when you look at Cole Mullins, especially those two, those are two pass rushers. Those are two kids that play linebacker at times, especially Cole Muzz. I mean, Cole Muzz is 240 pounds. He'll line up at middle linebacker at times. And so I think that's the exciting part about getting Logan Thomas with a Cole Mullins is you've now added a second guy that brings, to me, impact potential as an edge player, whether it's both as Vipers, one as a Viper, one as a field end, whatever the case may be. I think that to me is the takeaway for tonight is is in today is that those are two guys that to me bring a lot of value uh, to this class and bring a lot of potential to this class and I'm I'm very excited about where where they are at this point in time so that's going to do it for tonight's show everybody I want to thank everybody for um uh, to for for joining me tonight joining Sean and I tonight we'll be back tomorrow Thursday I'm have going to have a special hopefully I got to confirm with them again tonight but I'm going to have a special guest tomorrow we're going to talk about what should the expectations be for Notre Dame? What should, we've had a lot of this question. What would be the floor and the ceiling that you're happy with? 
we're going to have that conversation tomorrow. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, to having that. I'm looking forward to having uh, that special guest on. Hopefully he does Friday. Ryan and I will be back for the for the Notre Dame football mailbag. That's going to be a ton of fun. We'll have a lot to talk about then. Hit that like button, everybody. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening via podcast platform, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. And, of course, sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Thanks for being with us tonight, everybody. Have a great rest of your night, and we will talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.